set on the slot back. Solomon in the hole there. Running backs are split behind Montana. Third and three. He has the ball. Montana rolling out the right. Looking toward the end zone. Throwing under pressure. Throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Hello, 49er fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is unsponsored. If you're interested in sponsoring a 49ers Paradise podcast show, please drop me a line at brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net and you can sponsor a 49ers Paradise podcast show with your commercial to promote your brand to a very targeted audience. If you're interested, you can also call the show at one 415 376-7297, then dial star 747-628-7149. Those of you who are perceptive will notice that this is a new number. It's been changed as a result of uh, some technical difficulties, and you can now once again call in to the 49ers Paradise Show. Feel free to drop your comments to be played over the air, or ask your questions to be played over the air, or just to say hello. There are local calling numbers from throughout the United States and internationally, so be sure to check out the 49ers Paradise phone page, which is located at the top right-hand corner of the main page. There's a link that says phone. You can get all the information on how to call 49ers Paradise from local numbers outside of San Francisco. Please be sure to do so and send your questions and comments along, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. All right, folks, that brings us to the the nitty-gritty of this week's show. And, uh, of course, we're in a bit of a better mood after beating the Raiders, unlike uh, that really ugly loss to the Chiefs. So starting off on a better foot this week than last week, most certainly. So I have a question here to begin things off from Donald in Seattle. Donald is asking about Shante Spencer's contract and why in the world we would give him that type of money. Um, and quite frankly, I'm not sure. I do think that Spencer is a decent second-string quarterback, cornerback, rather, and uh, he could he could start in the league, but he shouldn't be your number one corner in this league, most certainly not. And he certainly looks pretty incompetent when the rest of the defensive backfield is poor as well. Um, he is just getting exploited over and over again this year. Last year, I believe he had the benefit of being the strongest person in the defensive backfield. This week, he's among the weaker ones, so he's getting picked apart. And I do think that as long as the 49ers continue to put out a weak defensive backfield, you're going to see this type of problem. Now, Spencer could show up and could show up big time if the 49ers start to solidify their other defensive back positions. If he's the weakest link, all of a sudden you have a much stronger weakest link than you presently do and have over the past few years. So I don't understand why the Niners gave him starting type money because I don't think he is a starting type player. Certainly not a number one corner type player, but hopefully that he'll emerge and not make them look like fools uh, for giving him the contract that they did. Certainly over the past two weeks, he's been exposed over and over. And I, I honestly think that throughout his career with the 49ers he really hasn't shown as much promise as perhaps there is hype around him the next question I have here is regarding Bryant Young and more specifically why the 49ers have not been able to find a replacement for him in the lineup and um, Young is getting on in his years and he is certainly still more than capable at his position he still is the 
best player along the defensive line, so I'm not so much surprised that the 49ers haven't replaced him in the starting lineup. What I am surprised about is that although they continuously try and find somebody who can step into that role in the future, they have come up short each time, uh, namely Reggie McGrew, Ronald Fields, Anthony Adams, and Isaac Sopoga, all of which were drafted as either supposed to be compliments to Bryant Young or to take over for him when he's done, and none of them have truly emerged as the playmaker that the 49ers need from the defensive line position. I do think the Niners do have a bit of a different strategy going forward as they build their defense, though, in terms of how they want to generate their pressure from the offensive line. And I think what they want to do, I think they want to make use of the defensive ends more than they have over the past few years. And in particular, I do think that Paris Harrelson and Melvin Oliver are going to come into play in that respect um, as they mature. So in the meantime, I do think we're going to have to put up with not having an extremely strong defensive tackle um, or a replacement for Bryant Young if and when he does hang up his cleat. So it's a, a great question and um, one that I certainly hope the 49ers will have an answer for, but uh, they don't as of yet. And uh, that brings us right into this week's game. So this week's game is uh, something that we can all feel a little bit better about as a, compared to last week's loss to the Chiefs. Now, I say a little bit better because at the end of the day, we beat the 0-4 Raiders, um, a pretty awful team, if not the worst team in the league. They're certainly down there. And um, if anything, all this game has proven to me is that the 49ers can beat a very, very bad team, and that's what I was hoping they would be able to do anyways. So they can beat a very bad team, and great, fantastic. Well, where does that leave them in the rest of the NFL? Truthfully, I don't know. Perhaps they're not in the bottom five teams, but um, does that mean they're in the middle of the pack? Uh, if you're judging by this past week's game, maybe. If you're judging by the first two weeks' game, maybe. But if you're judging by, by the way they played against the Chiefs as well, then I, uh, maybe the very lower end of that middle pack would be a, a place to put them. I guess what my point is, is despite the victory, it's a game that the team should have won and did win. Um, whereas last year it was would have been a game that they should have won and probably wouldn't have won. Uh, last year, this team really couldn't beat teams that they should have beaten, and that's been a problem, actually, for the past few years. Um, so it is a good sign that they beat a bad team, but it really doesn't say a whole lot about where this team actually is and where the progress of the team actually is. Um, at the end of the day, the 49ers defense still let up 20 points against a rookie quarterback, or I don't know, to be honest, I don't remember if he's a rookie or not, but a very, very inexperienced quarterback, we'll leave it at that, and um, a really bad team, and that's 20 points, that's enough to win a lot of football games. Um, the offense just happened to produce, and the defense was able to help out a little bit with a punt block and uh, one touchdown of their own, a few interceptions, etc., but at the end of the day... Um, the 49ers really didn't look as good as they should have against the Raiders. Now, if the defense put up, you know, a stop where they only let the Raiders get 10 points, then we'd be talking about a different ball game here. But 20 points at the end of the day is enough to win a football game or two here and there. And on top of that, you're talking about a team that played the 49ers very tough in the first half of that game. So where do the 49ers stand? I don't think we can answer that right now. Um, I was hoping they'd beat the Chiefs, and that would be a little bit more straightforward than it is now. Uh, but let's just say that the 49ers are better than last year. That much is evident. 
On offense, there were some encouraging signs, and for starters, Frank Gore had a tremendous day and held on to the football, which is absolutely huge for him. Now, he needs to continue to work on his holding on to the football and making sure he doesn't fumble the ball, but he needs to be able to play and be himself as well, because when all, all he's thinking about is protecting that rock, well, at the end of the day, you end up with a game like the Chiefs in which he was completely ineffective and his head was not in the right place. Somehow the coaches got him properly motivated for this game, and I hope that they're able to do so for the rest of his career with the team as well, too, uh, because he's a good, a very good runner, very explosive runner, and he can break the longer ones, but he needs to make sure that at the end of the day, he goes down and the ball goes down with him, not hitting the ground, but in his hands. I was also very impressed with Alex Smith in this game, and I've said for the past few weeks, actually, that Smith has really started taking command of the huddle and directing the offense. He'll move people around in formations, he'll signal to them downfield, but beyond that, what I saw Smith do this week, which I was most impressed with, is he came out and he threw an interception, and he didn't let that get him down, which was a very good thing, and that interception you know, you can say it was the receiver's fault for not batting the ball, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, Smith threw the ball in a place where the receiver wasn't the only guy who could get it. But after that interception, he came back and he really showed huge progress. He started putting the ball where only the receiver could get it, as any good quarterback should. So he took his mistake and he grew from it immediately. In particular, the touchdown Tarnas battle, the first down pass Tarnas battle, uh, two tremendous passes and receptions, but both of them used the receiver to block out the cornerbacks on the play so that the receiver was the only man who could make the play on the ball. Now that's something that, like I said, good quarterbacks need to be able to do. Smith showed he can do it, and I think that was a tremendous step for him. So um, hats off to Smith in that respect. Now, um, Arna's battle had a his biggest game of the season for sure. And um, Antonio Bryant was a little quieter, but still contributed and certainly looked a lot better on the field, um, was there working with his teammates and supporting them rather than just uh, becoming very frustrated with the situation. Perhaps that has to do with winning a little bit, but whatever the case, the past two weeks, Bryant has actually showed a very positive attitude. But where I'm going with this is that the 49ers still need another receiver. They have two competent guys. Bryant is very competent, and Battle is certainly a strong three receiver, maybe maybe a weak two receiver. Um, but what the team really needs is another receiver, because if Battle gets injured and he's very injury prone, there's nobody behind him. If Bryant gets injured, there's nobody behind Battle. So at the end of the day, I have not seen enough from Brian Gilmore or Brandon Williams to truly believe the, the 49ers have solidified their receiving threat. And with Vernon Davis dropping balls left, right, and center, I think it's pretty clear that another offensive threat has to either emerge or be added to this team as the team moves forward into the future. Now, that could mean Davis starts catching everything thrown his way and starts making some big plays and using his speed. That could mean that the team drafts someone or signs someone or, you know, you get an emergence from Gilmore or Williams. But right now, as things stand, the team does not have enough depth at receiver. They need more depth there. They need to be as solid at receiver as they are for running at running back, for example. 
All right, so that's um, the key points of the offensive skill positions. What I do want to speak to a little bit is the offensive line. Now, the offensive line did not let up a sack, and uh, Kwame Harris put up a really good uh, performance this week, actually. And Jonas Jennings injured his arm. But beyond all that, what I did notice is two things. One, I think the offensive line plays better when Jennings is out and Raggy is in. Um, Now, that might change when Larry Allen and Jennings can play next to each other because they have a certain amount of chemistry. But if not, the team should really be looking at putting Raggy in on a more consistent basis, especially if Allen can't play on a regular basis. So the the team has a little bit of flexibility and depth here, more so than I thought they would. And um, the protection was pretty good. So were the running backs in terms of their protecting of Smith. My second point is that a lot of the offensive line blocking for the running backs, particularly on very short yard situations, they don't match. And that's a problem because the offensive line has often done their blocking by the time the the running back hits the hole. And if that's the case, you can imagine that the, uh, the defense from the other team just clobbers whoever happens to be trying to pick up you know, a few inches or a yard or the quarterback sneak or whatever, it's completely ineffective because the offensive line's timing is not synchronized with the ball handler. That's got to change. Either the offensive line needs to be calling different types of blocks or the running backs need to speed up or they just need to synchronize their timing. But somehow the offensive line still has to be blocking through the play um, so as to protect the running back or the quarterback or whoever might be handling the ball in those short yard situations from the second tier of defensive players who are going to be set out to run stuff. And uh, that's that's hugely important. Now, the offensive line has improved a great deal in blocking for screens. They have improved a great deal in the protection they're providing Alex Smith. This, I think, is the next step to becoming a team that can convert those third and fourth down and short situations, which the team absolutely suffered in this past week. And that's where I believe the offensive stands, the offensive side of the ball pretty much stands right now. Now when I move over to the defensive side of the ball, this is what I, how I feel our defense can be summed up. Our defense is not very effective at stuffing the other team. And by stuffing, I mean we can't stop them on third down, third and 10, third and 20, third and 30, third and 5, third and 4, 2, 1, doesn't matter. Our defense is very ineffective at forcing a changeover on downs. Where our defense is effective is coming up with the big play, coming up with the interception, the forced fumble, the uh, blocked punt, something like that to change the shape of the game. And those things are absolutely huge. The unfortunate fact is that those types of plays are not nearly as common as third down is in the NFL. For the 49ers defense to take the next step, it has to be able to start creating stops on third down. Third and forever should not become an automatic first down because the team decides to throw long against us. Now, there's a lack of talent, there's a lack of containment, and uh, there's some individualistic play that's contributing to this. I don't expect the 49ers to be able to address the lack of talent at this point in the season. I do think if it got its rookies a little bit more involved in the game, namely Paris Harrelson, Melvin Oliver, Manny Lawson, if it would, be, if the team could better utilize those players, we might see some improvements. But, and this is a big but, 
that's not where this team's defense can improve at the moment. This team's defense can improve by holding its containment and playing collectively rather than individually. These players are so after the sack, so after the interception, that they often blow their assignment, exposing a hole in the defense, resulting in a big gain, a key third down conversion, etc. The team needs to learn to stick with its assignments and be able to capitalize on those assignments. That's where this defense can improve now, and that's where this team can get to the next level this year. Then, after this year in free agency and through the draft, they should be looking to add more talent to the defense because it really, really is under-talented. Now, that about pretty much sums up my take on the defense. I do want to congratulate Bryant Young for becoming the sixth active player to hit 80-plus sacks on the season this past week. That was absolutely fantastic. Four interceptions for the defense, which hadn't recorded a single interception entering the game, including three by Walt Harris. Absolutely huge on that respect as well. Hats off to Manny Lawson on his blocked punt. That was a huge and wicked play. The team needs to continue to make these types of big plays, but on top of that, they need to be able to handle the third downs. They need to be able to force stops. They need to get the ball back in the offense's hand. That about sums up this week's show. A reminder that you can call in and have your say on our new calling line. That's one four one five three seven six seven two nine seven. It's local from San Francisco. Then dial star seven four seven six two eight seven one four nine when you're prompted to do so. Local numbers from throughout the United States and around the world. So be sure to check out the phone page linked to from the top right-hand corner of the main page of 49ers Paradise. Of course, you can always drop me an email at brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. I always look forward to reading your comments. That's all for this week. Until next week, take care, have fun, and smile. After all, we did win. of the 49ers had only just begun.